humility for the sake of the gospel. Good afternoon. I became a business owner for a few years now. I think the main difference between an employee and an employer is that I can't just focus on doing the fun stuff anymore. I'm also responsible to oversee the finance, human resources related issues like staff salaries and their bonuses. To be honest, this is not exciting for me at all. But after a while, I, I get better at it. Staff approached me, they felt like they entitled to have a raise, the increase in salary. Well, I, all I have to do is I kind of just bring out their uh, record of performance. We look at their projected target, sales target, to see that whether the staff have reached or exceed the target goal. So it's pretty easy to gauge, relatively simple. So I can easily say, well, is this person worth that increase? Or are they underperformance? Well, some people might have the impression that running a church is like running a business. Well, to be honest, there are some similarities. Like when a church grows into a certain size, we need to structure it like any organization, right? So we need staff to run it and manage it. And we still need to talk about finance, which is a very important part of growing. And we have to make sure we have enough to satisfy our expenses and all that. But the objective of a church is completely different from business, isn't it? So a church, we don't have a sales target. We don't have KPI. We don't take attendance. We don't look at our conversion rate, how many Christians we have converted. We don't do any of that. We don't give out evaluation questionnaire to see how people are doing spiritually then how do we gauge as a church? So today, our text, God is using Paul to speak up on behalf of people who are serving in church ministry, what their rights are, and also as a church, what is our responsibility when it comes to the issue on giving and receiving. So it's my prayer that through this text, we'll have a healthy view on what's giving and receiving for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of a healthy church, for the sake of ourselves. So today's text, it's on 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 to 18. Hope that you can follow along either on your apps on your phone or if you have a physical Bible, that's even better. You may follow along. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 to 18. This is God's word. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not you my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Well, this is my defense to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? 
do we not have the right to take along a believing wife? Or do the others, apostle and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I have no right to refrain from working for a living? Who serve as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating any of this fruit? Or who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, you should not muscle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was certainly written for our sake, because the plowman should plow in hope and the thresh in hope of sharing in the crops. If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share his rightful claim on you, do not we even more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord commanded those who proclaim the gospel should give their living by the gospel. But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. But I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel, for if I do this on my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. This is God's word. I think the main idea of this passage is this. Give and take for the sake of the gospel. And I have two main points to support this idea. First point is our responsibility is from verse 1 to 14. And the second point is give what you can from 15 to 18. Well, before we dig into the text, let me just explain what's happening here, right? Uh, you look at Corinth Christian, they're simply just not supporting Paul's ministry financially. Yeah, they're not paying him. Why? So Corinth was a prosperous, wealthy city. I think it's very similar to Shanghai. Christian, they're relatively wealthy, and they're at the point that they don't have to worry about to meet their basic needs, and they're already kind of pursuing higher thinking. They're interested in philosophy and conceptual thinking. But for some reason, even they're rich, they're wealthy, they're not willing to support Paul. Well, from our text, let's make some observation here, right? If we look at verse 1 again, you can see there's a couple of questions Paul is trying to reply. We don't know exactly what they've asked, but we can sense that it was not very respectful towards Paul. It seems like they're questioning Paul's credentials, even though Paul wrote a large portion of the New Testament, and God used him to spread gospel to Gentile us. Well, Back then, they just have no idea. But you can see that they're not being respectful. They're asking questions. In verse 2, we can see Paul is reminding them, if to others, I'm not an apostle, at least I'm to you. 
for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Well, the seal of apostleship can mean that he was the one who planted the church, taught them how to gather, how to be a Christian, and probably baptized them. So that's the seal there. So others could question Paul and doubt Paul, but don't you guys remember what he had done for you? I mean, this is like me asking Mark Collins, like, do you know what you're doing? I mean, wait, uh, where did you get your degree again? Why did you come to Shanghai anyway? So you can see that it's not very respectful what Corinth is doing here. So verse 3 and 6, we can see Paul is replying that, well, he's a free man. He certainly knows that his, what his entitlement is and his right, right? He can choose to eat, drink, whatever he wants. And also he has the right to be married. But himself and Barnabas intentionally make the choice to be single. So Paul is basically saying, well, I know my right and I made that choice. So what do we have so far? Corn Christian is not being respectful toward Paul, questioning his credential and his choice. Well, let's try to understand the reason behind it. And that brought us to my first subpoint for our responsibility. As a church member, we should, we need to beware of entitlement, the danger in entitlement. Well, in order to understand what's going through Corinth Christian's mind, right, we also need to know a piece of information, the context at that time. Well, in those days, it is common to have traveling speaker to going around town to town to give public speeches. They would share their thoughts, their idea, philosophies, and as I mentioned before, they're wealthy, they're kind of after these higher thinking, so they're, it's very popular. So, so these traveling speakers were like celebrity. Well, they're charming, they're really good with their words, and actually, in many ways, reminded me of talk shows. So you probably have seen these talk shows, but these TV shows. So the format is like the host will invite different guests. Of course, they're celebrity, musician, or known authors, right? And the whole idea behind it is that they're not there to give you a free entertainment. All they wanted to do is promoting their recent project. It could be movie, their new book, their new album. There is a reason why they go into this show. And the purpose of this is very similar to these uh, traveling speakers, right? They want to gain popularity. This is actually the way for them to grow their finance. Where Paul is very different, isn't it? I can assume he's not going to shy away when it comes to rebuking and teaching. Or well, someone would speak and teach with authority. That just seems like what Paul would do. And for sure, he doesn't care much about being charming. He's not there to try to gain followers. So Corinth Christians believe that they're entitled and they deserve a more charming leader. Paul is not up to their taste, so someone, they probably would prefer someone can go, go debate with any of these traveling speakers, and therefore they're not willing to pay for his ministry. They think they entitle better leader. So I remember before I became a Christian, right? Uh, before I became a Christian, I was invited to attend a church service. I wasn't willing to go, only under the condition that the service should take place in a church building. That's the only condition that I would go. I don't want to meet at someone's apartment or at a hotel. So if I go, it needs to meet my expectation. And it was wrong. But maybe for some people, it's the, they are willing to go to church or not, depending on their worship style. Maybe they think that it needs to be a certain way, more modern, more instrument, a bigger set. Maybe for someone it would be a, like a better time. 
right? Morning, just too early. It's really hard to wake up in the morning. So they better have the afternoon service. So it suits my schedule and it needs to meet their expectation. Well, you can see that these are all the wrong attitude, right? This is consumerism. We're not purchasing a service. It's wrong to think that I'm financially supporting this church, therefore, it needs to meet my expectation to suit my taste. And we need to be aware of entitlement. And we can clearly see that that's what's happening here at Corinth. Let's move on. And Paul understood what's going through in their mind, and he continued to make an effort to show them that, well, there's a big difference between his ministry and to these traveling speakers. Well, let's look at verse 7 again. Who serve as a soldier at his own expense, who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit, or who tends a flock without getting some of the milk. Well, Paul is giving these three illustrations. All of these workers, they're hoping they will receive a share in the profit of their own hard works, right? So it's a common sense. You can't really expect a soldier to take on a part-time job and still working in the army, and it just wouldn't make sense. And I wonder how good the soldier would be, right? So all these roles require 100% of their dedication, and when they do spend the time in it, they do deserve to be paid. But I wanted, um, I wanted to go a little, bit, a little bit deeper, one more observation, what Paul is trying to do here. Paul is not only pointing out that he deserves to be paid. If we look carefully, I think Paul carefully chose these three illustrations to point out his relationship to them. Well, Paul himself is like a soldier to them to fight for their sins, helping them to defend the truth. Also, he himself is like the gardener who nurtured them, helping them to grow spiritually. And also, he is like a, being a shepherd for them to lead and guide them through dangers. And it really show that Paul's motivation here, isn't it? He really cares and, and loves them. I mean, if you, if you think about it, if he doesn't care about them, why would he bother writing so many letters to Corinthian, right? So I hope you can see Paul's care for them is completely different from any of these speakers. Uh, the care from the church is completely different from any company would. Uh, we were trying to compare a business and to a church. I mean, if a staff is under performance, the company has the right to let the person go, right? And we were a church, we'll never give up our, on our members we will pursue them, right? right? Even when a church member leaving this country, we wanted to make sure to continue to care for them until they can join with another like-minded church. I hope you can see there is that difference. But let's continue to look at what other responsibility do we have. So this is like my second sub-point, our responsibility as a church member, we should give for the sake of gospel from verse 8 to 12. Let me read it again. Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muscle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our sake because the plowman should plow in hope and the thresher thresh in hope of sharing in the crop. If we have so spiritual things among you, it isn't too much if we read material things from you. 
if others share his rightful claim on you, do we even, do not we even more? Um, nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure everything rather than put an obstacle in the weight of gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who are employing the temple service get their food from the temple, and those who serve in the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. So from verse 8 to 14, Paul is showing us that he's listing out there a lot of reasons. He's using Bible verses. He's using uh, what Jesus would do in trying to support his point, right? Uh, you can see, let's, let's try to unpack these a uh, little bit. From verse 8 to 9, um, he's using Old Testament to support his point. Uh, he's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 25, 4. Well, the idea behind this law is not to muscle an ox while it's working and produce a grain. So without muscling them, uh, it allows the ox to eat part of the labor while it treads out the grain. So Paul is clearly say, pointing out that the law is not there to teach you how to take care of the farm animal. So it's pointing to people who serve in the ministry like Paul. It is lawful to earn their wages from the labor. And verse 11, look again. If we have so spiritual thing among you, is it too much if we read material from you? Uh, Paul is basically saying receiving support from the church is very much consistent with God's word. And verse 12, uh, he's saying other exercises, right? Other can means apostle like Peter, we don't really know exactly who he's referring to, but I think at this point, uh, it's pointing to another full-time worker in the ministry. And we can save the rest of the uh, verse 12, and we can look at it with uh, verse 15 together. Let's skip that, and then let's look at verse 13. Paul is pointing out that it's very common practice, he's saying, even non-Christianity congregation like Jewish or pagan temples, their congregation take care of their priests. So even if they don't know anything about the law of Moses, they will take care of their priests. So it's a very common practice that the temple will take care of their priests. And let's move on to uh, verse 14. In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. Uh, the Lord here referring to Jesus himself. So Paul is saying even Jesus himself commanded his follower to do this. In Matthew chapter 10, 10, Luke 10, 7, well, it's the part that Jesus sent out 72 of his disciples, uh, his followers, two by two, instructed them not to take any money with them, only take some extra clothes and sandal with them, and that's all. And then the idea behind this is that Jesus wanted them to trust God's provision. And he is for the idea of that labor deserves his wages. So the 72 shouldn't be worried about how they could survive this. So in conclusion, we need to pay our staff. And people who are serving in the ministry, they deserve to be paid. I, I know it sounds obvious. We're saying this, okay, well, it's kind of obvious, isn't it, Brian? But I know for sure, and in fact, that in China, there are a lot of unhealthy churches. They believe church leaders or workers should live like John the Baptist. What I mean is, is they want someone who live in poverty. They want them to live in a very poor condition. So it's also 
the impression that it's unholy when you talk about money. So as if suffering, more suffering, more poverty, the holier it is. And that's wrong. So what should be our attitude for church when it comes to finance? We talked about, well, financial gain is not the objective of a church, right? So as Christian, what should be our attitude towards money? I think Proverbs chapter 30, 30, verse 8 to 9, it sums it up. I found it really helpful. Let me go ahead and read to you. Proverbs 30, 8 to 9. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of my God. What a prophet is trying to tell is that it basically means we don't want to be too rich so that we will be so proud that we would say to God, God, we got this. We don't need you. We are self-sufficient, and that's dangerous. And in the opposite way, we don't want to be so poor that we have to worry about just to meet our basic needs. So we will tempted to be sinning and tempted to steal, right? But as Christian, I felt like this should be our attitude towards money for all of us, including pastors or people who are in the ministry. So for this, I believe giving is for the sake of gospel. We want our staff of, at church not to worry about meeting their basic needs, and they would have more time and more focus to dedicate, dedicate on managing and caring for the church. And it's also worth mentioning that it is our desire at WSBC. Um, we're trying to reserve a budget for a full-time staff and a senior pastor for ourselves. Well, elder sees the needs. We're praying. We're hoping that God will provide the right candidate for us. So friends, I do believe giving could mean for the sake of gospel. Uh, it might sound kind of but I do think that giving is for the sake of gospel. But church, do you know that as members as WSBC, you also entitled rights. You are entitled to review our finance, and your opinion can also influence the decision-making on how we spend the money. Well, every week um, when we collect this offering, it doesn't just try to uh, pay the hotel rent. Um, we actually collecting them in hoping that we wanted to uh, support different ministry. And so every month as members gather together, we're trying to pray over it. We're trying to look at which other area we can be funding. Right? We could be uh, supporting different ministries, supporting seminary students. So we wanted to budget to support full-time staff. So all I'm saying is we need every member to contribute. So remember that members, you have the right and responsibility. And it's my challenge to, to you then, are you making it as a priority? Do you see that as your entitlement? Or do you feel like this is just someone else's job? Someone else can decide. And my encouragement to you is that everyone, we need your contribution and everyone count. Well, let's move on to the final point and we continue to look at what else can we give? So my last point is called, um, it's 
give what you can. Let me read chapter, uh, verse 15 again. Verse 15 to 18. But I have made no use of any of these right, nor am I writing these things to secure such provision. For I would rather die than anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel, for if I do this on my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching I might present a gospel free of charge. So, S, not to make full use of my right in gospel. Well, here, Paul obviously was one of the most important apostles there was. As mentioned, God used him to write a large portion of the New Testament. God used him to spread gospel to Gentiles, to non-Jewish people. But you got to remember, he was just a sinner like you and I. Uh, he had to meet his basic needs, too. And we learned that from Acts. Um, he worked as a tent maker uh, to support himself, and later in 2 Corinthians. And I also learned that Paul received some support from Macedonia. Well, let's look again in in the um, second half of verse 12. Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure any, anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of gospel of Christ. You need to understand that it's very difficult for Paul or for anyone to care for so many churches and, and, and to work at the same time, right? So it's much easier for him to ask for support from Corinth. And you'll be wondering, like, why isn't he exercising, exercising this right? And even in verse 15, Paul uses even stronger language. And to explain the purpose of his writing, is not writing for money. So what is this obstacle that preventing from taking money from them? Well, for Paul, he is well aware that Corinth Christian, they might be wealthy, but spiritually, they're still immature when it comes to money. Earlier, we already have seen that they're comparing uh, him to the traveling speaker. They're focusing. They're, they lose focus easily. They are focusing on the wrong thing again. And Paul's also aware that once he's accepting these financial support, they might turn into a way to leverage. They might want to have influence over what he wants to say. Um, and, and Paul doesn't want to give them any opportunity to dilute the message of gospel. And Paul knows that it's too risky. If giving up his right is what it takes, he'd much rather to give up his right for the sake of gospel. And verse 16, for if I preach the gospel that give me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Well, you can see that Paul understood his responsibility here Ever since he was converted on the road to Damascus, he knew that he must spread gospel. And you can see that he used the word woe, and that actually it's reminding us of, isn't that sound like familiar? It like, sounds like some prophet would say in Old Testament, right? And you can see that he know his mission. He know he's single-minded. Nothing can stop him. So Paul basically saying that preaching the gospel is not an option for him. 
So he would do it with or without financial support. And verse 17, he continued, for if I do this out of my own will, I have a reward, but if not out of my own will, I'm still entrusted with stewardship. Well, the word stewardship stands out, and the word steward is interchangeable to the word slave. Well, the role of the slave in those days is not entitled to be paid. Right? So Paul sees himself like that. He sees himself as a steward of gospel. He doesn't see himself the needs to ask for payment. Well, um, to illustrate this relationship, right, it reminds me of the relation between Batman and Alfred. For people who don't know about Batman and Alfred, well, they're fictional uh, characters from a comic. Uh, Batman were born in an extremely rich family, wealthy, and live in a huge mansion, uh, which Alfred were hired to take care of that mansion as a steward. But unfortunately, Batman's parents were murdered when he was at a young age. So after they die, Alfred continued to take care of him and the mansion. So he raised Batman and continued to protect the mansion. Well, keep in mind, uh, he's not the father, and definitely he's not going to inherit any of the wealth from the family, right? So he's basically an employee. But, I mean, you just can't see him, uh, his relations beyond payment, isn't it, right? You can't see Alfred would come to Batman and ask for a raise, isn't it? So they're way beyond that, ways past that, just a relation between an employment. So to Paul, he knows he is entrusted with stewardship. He was called to protect the treasure, and the treasure here is gospel. With or without financial support, he would do it anyway. So for Paul, it is like breathing. It's not an option for him. Let's look at verse 18. Paul continued to explain the biggest reward for him that in my preaching I might present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. For the sake of gospel, Paul wants to preach and present the gospel free of charge without any obstacle, without any worries, so no one can water down gospel for him. If it means that, that has to, he has to give up his own right, he will gladly do so. Do you know who else gave up his right? As Jesus. Well, he died on the cross for our sins that he didn't commit. He's willing to shed his blood and die for us in order to wash away our sins. He suffered in order to, in order to restore our relationship with God. He didn't need to get on the cross. He could have just, just, just judged us then before even there was the cross. But he gave up his right as God he submit to God the Father. So if we repent from our sin and believe in this gospel message, our relationship with God will be restored. If you're not a Christian here and you're with us today, uh, if you have any question about this gospel message, please make sure you talk to someone before you leave today. We'd love to explain more to you. So Jesus gave up his right in order to save us. Paul believed in Jesus, and he understood that Jesus had set him free. He's no longer in bondage of sin. He understood when the world was running on concept of consumerism, 
buy, sell, gaining popularity, invest in order to have financial gain. And he just didn't care any of that. And he can be single-minded, preaching gospel message freely without any obstacle. Friend, if we believe in this gospel message, we should be changed like Paul, and we should be more like Christ slowly but surely. So now, um, what is their application here? What other thing that we can understand out of these texts, right? So can we apply this to our life? I think it would be wrong for us to say, well, we just do exactly what Paul has done, right? Well, Paul had a very unique experience. Maybe some of us can. We can give up our financial rights for the sake of gospel, but surely it's not a sin. Like we already talked about that. Or rather, we should consider we should give what we can. Aside from finances, what about giving our, our time? That's a very important resources. What about giving your time to be part of a ministry? Well, a few days ago, Sherry had mentioned a very good ministry outreach opportunity uh, in the Key Base group. There's another reason why you should sign up. Um, the treatment home for kids. Well, many kids were there experiencing cancer and other severe diseases, right? So the intention of this group is to spread gospel to them. They need people to pray and spend time with them. So if you have any question about this ministry or this outreach, um, you can talk to Sherry and she'll be able to give you more info on that. Highly encouraging you to uh, consider be part of this. Well, what about at home? We talk about our resources as time. As Father, Father say, there's a lot of Father in our midst. Are we willing to give us some time at home and lead family devotion? Well, this is my conviction too. I'm working on it. Um, I, I question myself, why do I have time to play video games with my kids, but we just don't have time to read Bibles together? Um, or maybe start something small. We should, we should encourage to pray with our kids and talk about and discuss with them what they have learned in Sunday school. It doesn't take time. It doesn't take much time, but it is very important. We shouldn't give up the opportunity to help our children to know more about Christ. We shouldn't, as father, we shouldn't give up the right to lead the family. We should consider give what we can. Well, we must conclude. At the beginning, we've talked about the comparison between a church and a business entity. There is some similarity, but fundamentally, they're very different. One is all about financial growth, but church should be a place where God's love and truth is being preached and displayed. Financial reward is not an ultimate goal here. After all, we're talking about issues that concerning your life in eternity. So it is your responsibility to respond to gospel. While waiting for Jesus to return, it is our duty to care for the church, the health for the church. So in this case, we should give and take for the sake of gospel.